0: Um, As two powerful democracies, India and the US um, have over the past several years also developed a really valuable partnership in an area that has the potential to significantly accelerate the strategic and economic achievements of both nations, while also helping to address some of the shared challenges. So in this webinar, I hope that we can demystify that partnership a bit. And also understand uh, how uh, actors at various levels, government to government, scientific bodies, companies, startups, initiatives, various permutations and combinations of those actually come together and interact in this setting. So, the discussion today will be framed on four topics. The first is understanding the India US Science and Tech Partnership. Second, partnership enablers, barriers, gaps. Third, emerging technologies and skills. And the fourth is tech diplomacy. Science and tech intersects several sectors such as defense, clean energy, banking. Which sectors have you been paying most attention to in the current Indo-US partnership context?
1: The United States and India are unique countries in their own right. They're both large democracies. They're in very different parts of the world have very diverse societies, and their technology powerhouses in their own right. There's another element as well, and the U.S.-India relationship is really truly unique in the world. There's no two other countries, democracies or otherwise, that have a technology and a scientific sector that's so integrated.
2: Um, I see science and technology uh, as sort of central to the strategic partnership, whether it's in core fundamental sciences, you know, all the way from mathematics uh, to applications, uh, we are the two largest democracies. That's been addressed. Uh, we also are, are responsible democracies, so we need to make sure innovation in science and technology, especially now with AI being the buzzword, we as two democracies. Uh, need to be sure that we're looking at responsible innovation, innovation that's impactful for our societies that are so diverse. And so I think what we bring to uh, the two countries, as well as to the global community, uh, is that sort of view on science and technology as being a driver for responsible, impactful innovation.
0: Let's let's start this discussion now with, A conversation about the current US India science and tech partnership and how we got here, kind of just kind of like a recap of that history. Um, And of course, scientific cooperation goes all the way back to the 50s and 60s, perhaps even earlier with uh, NASA ISRO satellite communications experiment in, uh, in 1975. What would you say have been key moments in the history of the Indo US cooperation? And how have these moments shaped science and tech development for both countries? I may take
2: your question and sort of answer it differently. Uh, I, I think there are some key moments uh, in the history of science and technology cooperation, but I think all, some of it also happened, um, you know, holistically. And there's, there's always been science and technology cooperation, even before the 70s and 60s, uh, when you had, uh, students from India going to the U.S. Uh, to study. So I, I think that's happened organically. I think there have been, um, you know, with IIT Kanpur starting off uh, with the collaboration with U.S. institutions, it brought some of the institutional-level uh, collaborations. You know, it cemented those relationships. So I think that was one uh, sort of pivotal point. Uh, we talk about, the, you know, the collaboration in space. I think that was another... Uh, pivotal uh, sort of turning point for the collaboration because you went from you know engineering and some of the basic sciences to looking at you know technology in a whole different way. Um, more recently, I would say um, in, in sort of AI, in, you know, innovation from machine learning, big data, uh, with a lot of the big tech companies setting up research labs in India. I think that's been a had a huge impact on uh, India and as well as the US. It's had an impact, but it's it's really pushed the IT. industry to think very differently about how uh, you know they have to situate themselves
1: in the world. There's really two that jump out at me, and they come from very different sectors. I mean, the first is something called the Green Revolution. It's also sometimes called the second Green Revolution. There was a gentleman by the name of uh, Norman Borlaug who really drove a lot of um, innovation, new science um, and genetic understanding in agricultural technologies. Um, There was an Indian scientist who was very much critical to Borland's work. His name was M.S. Swaminathan and um, is very much recognized as one of the leaders of the green revolution. And so that really changed a lot in plants, um, how um, varietals were used, how irrigation worked, and um, a whole variety of other issues around soil content and weather and so on, um, including diseases. Um, and that really changed the world in many ways. I mean, it sounds crazy, but, you know, in the 1960s, I wasn't quite alive yet, but, you know, people were talking about widespread famine. How were we going to spe- feed 3 billion people Now we're up to, I've lost count of how many billions of people, and yet the Green Revolution continues to change, continues to generate an immense quantity of food to feed our planet. And so I think that is one that just historically will be recognized as a truly critical uh, U.S.-India scientific collaboration that really saved lives and changed the world in, in a lot of ways that we just can't even conceptualize now
0: you know, in any bilateral uh, partnership, there are factors that enable or impede the outcomes of that, um, of that partnership. Um, you know, we can think about resources, funding, investments, policies, um, perhaps even conflicting global interests. What would you say are some of the enablers and what are also some of the barriers to collaboration in the domains of entrepreneurship and startup ecosystems?
2: So one of the things that uh, the Indo-U.S. Science and Technology Forum does, and I, you know, Dustin, Dustin brought this up in his intro speech, we run the U.S.-India Science and Technology Endowment Fund. Uh, so it's actually a collaboration between the two governments that funds startups, entrepreneurs, uh, projects that are sort of rooted in science and technology and have to have uh, a small business or an entrepreneurial entity on either side. Um, so one of the things within the framework of the endowment, uh, you know, we fund funded over 10 years of grants. We give grant and aids to projects that are, um, you know, have a prototype and we help them get to market. There has to be a synergy between the U.S. and Indian side. Uh, so one of the barriers that, you know, often teams sort of talk about is the IP issue. And then, um, you know, how do you overcome that there? IP is part of the science and technology agreement between the two countries, but it's often not clear how that applies to small businesses. So I think that's always a challenge. Um, Another challenge uh, that a lot of teams face is just finding the right partner on the other Mm -hmm. side. Academia is is much more organized and it's because uh, you you go to conferences, you meet people, you know the institutions, Uh, You know, everybody's online, you know, they've got a website. So it's much easier to find collaborators uh, in, you know, the science and engineering space.
1: It's really important that there is a strong political will to create that strategic relationship that would then allow at the high end of advanced technology interactions Um, That's starting to happen. Um, India and the United States have a very strong political relationship. I think it's fair to say that current relationships or current circumstances are maybe providing a hiccup in that. But at the end of the day, uh, the United States and India stand strong in favor of democracy, free choice, individual rights, those sorts of things that allow us to have a strong strategic relationship that would in turn allow us to collaborate on high-end technology research, often funded by our two militaries. As
0: both nations continue to become more AI-driven and dependent on digitization, how does the IT and data infrastructure need to evolve to support this effectively? And I'll look at it from the research perspective first,
2: right? So if, if you talk about deep learning, everybody's talking about deep learning and convolutional neural nets, if you look at the computing power needed to do one of those algorithms, it's massive. So, in in terms of uh, the research community, I, I think the computing infrastructure uh, needs to be scaled up. Uh, if you look at the U.S., you know, some of the partnerships that have funded AI institutes are actually collaborations with federal funds and industry dollars. So you know, the big tech companies are putting in because they see value in providing the compute uh, for these institutions, for the academic institutions. We we need to be training our models on data that represents the Indian ecosystem. So running a machine learning algorithm on a data set that's got, you know, Caucasian data is not going to help in terms of predictive, um, you know, abilities. And uh, you'll see the confidence, the error bars go up. So how do we build that data infrastructure? And when I mean data infrastructure, it's access to data sets, access to compute. How do we
0: make sure that it's equitable as well? Uh, How could a strong Indo-US partnership in tech and tech diplomacy serve both countries in the geopolitical landscape? And what kinds of technologies should be prioritized in the near
1: future to serve this purpose? Well, I think there's three areas of technology that we should really um, perhaps prioritize over, over others. Um, not in any particular order, but you clearly have the strategic technologies that I've mentioned in defense and national security and things like that. Includes cybersecurity, I think is, is really critical. Um, where we've, cl- we've moved into this digital age and early on, the internet was not designed for security. It was designed for openness and sharing. And now in a more mature setting, we realize those vulnerabilities and weaknesses, they need to be corrected. They're not just technical, but as Dr. Cannon said, they're very interdisciplinary. It's things like fake news and propaganda and how all of that is used. Um, and then also some of the, the cultural aspects online of cyberbullying. So, so so, that's all sort of in that strategic um, realm. Second is commercial. Um, you have to have strong economies because that supports not only a strong defense, but it also allows governments and people to thrive and prosper. So commercial technologies really need to be critical because it enables jobs and innovation and all of that. The third piece that I think you, the United States and India are uniquely positioned to um, work together on is things that sort of benefit humanity, medical sciences You know, we both have large populations that help AI understanding. Um, We both have diverse cultures and um, genetic, you know, backgrounds. And so I think if we could work in some of those areas of things like financial inclusion, um, health technologies, things that better, you know, um, populations, um, and then those could be used internationally.
2: Uh so one of the things that, you know, we've been talking about and, you know, I would love to do is some sort of enabling platform where, you know, people can sort of post ideas and, you know, you can do some sort of a matchmaking. I think that's been one of the most difficult. It It, it is very hard to do. You know, India is putting in so much money into incubators at universities. You know, there's the Utter Innovation Mission. Uh, you know, there's a lot of buzz around entrepreneurship and innovation, even within uh, the university community. So how do we uh, create those partnerships and how do we do it in a way that's sustainable? I mean, you can do it. We just put out a call for innovations for net zero, you know, in the areas of renewable technologies, back storage and carbon sequestration, Uh, but just finding teams on the other side who sort of qualify in terms of being a small business is much harder so uh, i think that would be one of the big barriers the ip and partnership uh, you know how do you develop those agreements when companies do it they have an army of lawyers talking about this but it's small businesses uh, you know they they really don't have that kind of infrastructure so how do we develop that infrastructure that can really help connect and then address some of these export import issues that often come up when you're doing science and technology you're working with something which uh, may have a huge tax rate because uh, it's used for purpose X, but you really want to use it for purpose Y, um, which will have a societal impact, but you end up falling under the same rules. So, uh, you know, these are the sorts of questions, I, you know, above my pay grade, but it would be great when we're talking about, you know, collaboration with chambers of commerce and other business groups, Uh, How do we provide platforms? How do we get information out to the communities? And how do we enable this? Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. So we are at the end.